I sometimes read uh, public domain books here on Leaves of Glen. And they were written a long time ago, uh, so they're usually uh, racist or sexist or bigoted. Uh, but in there somewhere and all that is a, a story, and that's why those stories are famous. Other times, I read uh, works from independent authors, and they're delightfully not racist, but they might have adult language or adult situations. So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Well, what did I do this week? Uh, eh, nothing too exciting. Uh, did a lot of work for work. Trying to get caught up and ready before the big furlough happens. Um, then I found out I had to push out my week because there's still more work to do. So I was kind of getting ready for the furlough, and then all of a sudden, ah, I gotta wait another week. So that kind of stinks. Uh, hung out with kids. And my youngest daughter has been watching TV with me again on the couch, which is very cute and very sweet, and I definitely appreciate it. Because she's getting old enough where I'm the last person on earth she wants to hang out with. So the fact that she wants to spend any time watching uh, Cowboy Bebop with me uh, is adorable, and I appreciate it. Uh, and Friday... I didn't do much. I had to read Twilight for the podcast I do with Ben, uh, the third book. Yeah, it's just horrible. But sat around, did that. And then uh, Saturday, I went to Ravi's house. Uh, it's a guy that I work with. And uh, he's a nice person. He lives out very far away from here. Well, not very far away. It's like an hour and a half away. But he always said, you should come out. Come meet my wife. We'll cook food for you. Uh, him, He and his wife are both from India, and so I love spicy food. So they said, oh, we'll cook for you. And it was just really sweet of him. So I went out there, and, uh, and boy, did we drink. And uh, then I got to eat her delicious food. And they're nice people. And uh, But me, being an old man, I just can't sleep in another person's bed. I mean, I can if I have to, but my God, I'll go through great lengths to sleep in my own bed so at the end of the night uh you know made sure i was okay and everything and then got in the car and drove the hour and a half back so uh to the big city of minneapolis and curled up happily in my own little bed and uh went to sleep and that's kind of it today i mowed the lawn and i did some cleaning i don't really have much of a life but i can live an exciting life through the power of imagination, such as reading the adventures of uh, Tom Sawyer. So why don't we dive in? Well, why don't we start off with some Mark Twain trivia, as we did in previous episodes. Uh, next up, number four on the list of interesting things about Mark Twain. Uh, he was interested in sports. Uh, not many knew that he had a great understanding of the baseball game. <laughs> he used to love this form of game early in his life, but this became a known fact uh, only much later in his life. Weird that that one little sentence was so poorly written. Well, with that, 
Uh, let's review the last chapter. Tom gets a bunch of kids to paint the fence for him. Uh, aunt, his aunt is just so darn happy about it that she gives him an apple. And then he, uh, it goes off and, and whatever, and his girl, and the girl likes him, and he likes the girl. Uh, and then his aunt accuses him of a crime he did not commit. And so then he starts to fantasize about, well, if I died, boy, would she feel bad. And that kind of becomes the focus of the chapter for a while till he goes to uh, stalk the woman that he likes by hanging out outside her house. And then he gets uh, water thrown on him, which I imagine is from a bedpan. And uh, so then he goes back home uh, defeated. So with that, let's dive into the story. Chapter 4 the sun rose upon a tranquil world and beamed down upon the peaceful village like a benediction. Breakfast over, eh, Aunt Polly had family worship. It began with a prayer, built from the ground up of solid uh, courses of scriptural quotations, welded together within a thin mortar of originality. And from the summit of this, she delivered a grim chapter of the Mosaic Law, as from Sinai. Then Tom girded up his loins, uh, so to speak, and went to work to get his verses. Sid had learned his lesson days before. Tom bent all his energies into the memorizing of the five verses, and he chose part of the sermon on the mount because he could find no verses that were shorter. At the end of a half hour, Tom had a vague general idea of his lesson, but no more, for his mind was traversing the whole field of human thought and his hands were busy with distracting recreations. Ugh. Mary took the book to hear him recite, and he tried to find his way through the fog. Blessed are the, uh, 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 poor. Yes, poor. Blessed are the poor, uh, uh, in spirit. In spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Ah, uh, for they, uh, they, theirs. For theirs. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they, uh, they, shh, for they, uh, shah, for they, sh I don't know what it is, shall, oh, shall, uh, for they shall, for they shall, uh, uh, must, shall mourn, uh, uh, blessed are they that shall, they that, uh, they, that shall mourn, for they shall, uh, shall, uh, what? Why don't you just tell me, Mary? Uh, what do you want me to? What do you want to be so mean for? Oh, Tom, you poor thick-headed thing! I'm not teasing you. I wouldn't do that. You must go and learn it again. Ah, don't be discouraged, Tom. You'll manage it, and if you do, I'll give you something ever so nice. There now, uh, that's a good boy. All right. What is it, Mary? Tell me what it is. Oh, never you mind, Tom. If you know, uh, if I say it's nice, it is nice. Uh, you bet that's so, Mary. All right, I'll tackle it again. And he did, quote, tackle it again. And under the double pressure of curiosity and prospective gain, he did it with such spirit that he accomplished a shining success. Mary gave him a brand new Barlow knife worth 12 and a half cents, and the convulsion of delight that swept his system shook him to his foundations. True, yeah, the knife would not cut anything, but it was uh, sure enough Barlow, and there was an inconceivable grandeur in that. Though 
where the Western boys uh, ever got the idea that such a weapon could possibly be counterfeited to its injury is an imposing mystery and will always remain so, perhaps. Tom contrived to scarcify the cupboard with it and was arranging to begin on the bureau when he was called off to dress for Sunday school. Mary gave him a tin basin of water and a piece of soap, and he went outside the door to get the basin and a little bench there. He dipped the soap in the water and laid it down, turned up his sleeves, poured out the water on the ground uh, gently, and then entered the kitchen and began to wipe his face diligently on the towel behind the door. But Mary uh, removed the towel and said, uh, Now you ain't ashamed, Tom. You mustn't be so bad. Water won't hurt you. Uh, Tom was a trifle disconcerted. Uh, the basin was refilled, and this time he stood it over a little while, gathering resolution, took in a big breath, and began. When he entered the kitchen presently, uh, with the both eyes shut and groping for the towel in his hands, an honorable testimony of suds and water was dripping from his face. But when he emerged from the towel, he was not yet satisfactory, for the clean territory stopped short at his chin and jaws like a mask. Below and beyond this line, there was a dark expanse of unirrigated soil that spread downward and front and backward around his neck. Mary took him in hand, and when she was done with him, eh, he was a man and a brother without distinction of color. And his saturated hair was neatly brushed, and its short curls wrought into a dainty and symmetrical general effect. Yeah, he probably smoothed out the curls with labor and difficulty and plastered his hair close down to his head, for he held curls... Eh, to be effeminate, and his own filled his life with bitterness. Then Mary got out a suit of his clothing that had been used only on Saturdays, oops, Sundays, during two years. They were simply called his other clothes. And so, by that we know the size of his wardrobe, and the girl put him to rights. After he had dressed himself, she uh, buttoned his neat roundabout up to his chin, turned his vast shirt collar down over his shoulders, brushed him off, and crowned him with his spectacled straw hat. He now looked exceedingly improved and uncomfortable. He was fully as uncomfortable as he looked, uh, for there was a restraint about the whole clothes and cleanliness that galled him. He hoped that Mary would forget his shoes, ah, but the hope was blighted. Uh, she coated them thoroughly with tallow, as was the custom, and brought them out. He lost his temper and said he was always being made to do everything, but he didn't want to. Ah, but Mary said persuasively, yeah, Please, Tom, that's ah, a good boy. So he got into his shoes, snarling. Mary was soon ready, and the three children set out for Sunday school, a place that Tom hated ah, with his whole heart. Ah, but Sid and Mary were fond of it. Sabbath school hours were from nine to half past ten. And then the church service. The two of the children always remained for the sermon voluntarily, and the other always remained, too, for stronger reasons. The church's high-backed, uncushioned pews would seat about 300 persons. The edifice was about a small, plain affair, with a sort of pine-board tree box on top of it for a steeple. At the door, uh, Tom uh, dropped his back a uh, step and accosted a Sunday-dressed comrade. Say, Billy, you got a yaller ticket? Uh, yes. Uh, what do you take for? Uh, what do you give? A piece of licorice and a fish hook. Ah, let's see them. Tom exhibited, and they were satisfactory. And the property changed hands. Then Tom traded a couple of white alleys for three red tickets and some small trifle or other for a couple of blue ones. 
He waylaid other boys as they came and went on buying tickets of various colors 10 or 15 minutes longer. He entered the church now with a swarm of clean and noisy boys and girls, processed to his seat, and started a quarrel with the first boy that came handy. The teacher, a grave elderly man, interfered. Then he turned his back a moment, and Tom pulled a boy's hair in the next bench and was absorbed in his book. When the boy turned around, stuck a pin in another boy, presently in order to hear him say ouch, and uh, got a whole new reprimand from his teacher. Tom's whole class were of a pattern, Restless, noisy, and troublesome. When they came to recite their lessons, uh, not one of them knew his verses perfectly, uh, but had to be prompted all along. However, they worried through, and each got his reward in small blue tickets, each with a passage of scripture on it. Each blue ticket was pay for two verses of the recitation. Ten uh, blue tickets equal the red one, and can be exchanged for it. Ten red tickets equal the yellow one. And for ten yellow tickets, the superintendent gave a very plainly bound Bible, worth 40 cents on those easy times to the pupil. How many of my readers uh, would have the industry and application to memorize 2,000 verses, even for a Dory Bible? And yet Mary had acquired two Bibles in this way, and it was patient work of two years, and a boy of German parentage had uh, one, four, five. He once recited 3,000 verses without stopping, but the strain on his mental faculties was too great. And he was a little better than an idiot from that day forth, a grievous misfortune for the school, for on great occasions before company, the superintendent, as Tom expressed it, had always made this boy come out and spread himself. Only the other pupils managed to keep their tickets and stick to their tedious work long enough to get a Bible. And so the delivery of one of these prizes uh, was a rare and noteworthy circumstance, and the successful pupil was so great and conspicuous for that day that on the spot every scholar's heart was fired uh, with a fresh ambition that often lasted a couple of weeks. It's possible that Tom's mental stomach had never really hungered for one of those prizes, but unquestionably his entire being had for many a day longed for the glory uh, that came with it. In due course, the superintendent stood up in front of the pulpit uh, with the closed hymn book in his hand and his forefinger inserted between its leaves and commanded attention. When a Sunday school superintendent makes his customary little speech, a hymn book uh, in the hand is as necessary as the inevitable sheet of music in the hand of the singer who stands forward on the platform and sings a solo uh, at a concert. Though why is uh, a mystery, for neither the hymn book nor the sheet of music is ever referred to by the sufferer. This superintendent uh, was a slim creature of 35, with a sandy goatee and short sandy hair. He wore a stiff standing collar, whose upper edge almost reached his ears, and whose sharp points uh, curved forward, uh, abreast the corners of his mouth, uh, a fence that compelled a straight look out ahead, and turning of the whole body when a side view was required, his chin was propped on the spreading cravat, which was as broad and as long as a banknote. And had French heads. His boot toes were uh, turned sharply up in the fashion of the day, like sleigh runners, in an effect patiently and laboriously produced by the young men by sitting with their toes pressed against the wall for hours together. Mr. Walters was very earnest of mine, mean, mine, 
Hmm. Let's see what that says. Uh, main, men. A poetic literary, a person's look or manner. Okay, main. And very sincere and honest at heart. And he held sacred things and places in such reverence, and so separated them from worldly matters that unconsciously, uh, to himself, his Sunday school voice had acquired a particular intonation, which was wholly absent on weekdays. He began after this fashion. Ooh, there's a thunderstorm happening. I wonder if you could wind up hearing it on the show. I'm not in my basement. I'm upstairs in my bedroom, because the flies are back, and they're everywhere. And some animal actually got at one of the mouse traps, but didn't get caught, so he's just down there, waiting for me. So I'm back in my bedroom, which means you're going to hear weather and airplanes and all that kind of fun stuff. Anyways, back to the story. Now, children, I want you all to sit up just as straight and as pretty as you can, and give me all your attention for a minute or two. Ah, there, that's it. This is the way good little boys and girls should do. I see one little girl who's uh, looking out the window, and I'm afraid she thinks I'm out there somewhere, perhaps up in uh, one of the trees making a speech uh, to little birds. (laughs) A a positive titter is what it says in parentheses. I want to tell you how good it makes me feel to see so many bright clean little faces assembled in a place like this, learning to do right and be good, and so forth and so on. It's not necessary uh, to set down uh, the rest of the, ori- uh, the orientation, oration. Wow, I'm really screwing up. It was the pattern which does not vary, and so it's familiar to all of us. The latter third of the speech was marred by the resumption of fights and other uh, recreations among certain of the bad boys, and by fidgetings and whisperings that extended far and wide. Wishing even to the bases of isolated and incorruptible rocks like Sid and Mary. But now every sound uh, ceased suddenly with the substance of Mr. Walter's voice. And the conclusion of the speech was received with a burst of silent gratitude. A good part of the whispering uh, had been occasioned by an event which was more or less rare. The entrance of visitors. Lawyer Thatcher, accompanied by a very feeble and aged man, a fine, eh, portly, middle-aged gentleman with iron-gray hair and a dignified lady who was doubtless the latter's wife. The lady was leading a child. Tom had been restless and full of chafings and repinings, consciousness smitten, too, that he could not meet Amy Lawrence's eye. He could not brook her loving gaze. But when he saw this small newcomer, his soul was all ablaze with bliss in the moment. The next moment, he was, quote, showing off, unquote, with all his might, cuffing boys, pulling hair, making faces. In a word, ooh, thunder. In a word, using every art that seemed likely to fascinate a girl and win her applause. His exaltation had but one alloy, the memory of his humiliation in this angel's garden, and that record in sand was fast washing out, under the waves of happiness uh, that were sweeping over it now. The visitors uh, were given the highest seat of honor, and as soon as Mr. Walter's speech was finished, he introduced them to the school. The middle-aged man had turned out to be a prodigious personage, uh, no less a one the country judge, altogether the most august creation in these children had ever looked upon. And they wondered eh, what kind of material he was made of, 
and they half wanted to hear him roar. And they were half afraid he might, too. He was from Constantinople, 12 miles away. So he had traveled and seen the world. These very eyes had looked upon the country courthouse, which was said to have a tin roof. The awe which these reflections inspired was attested by the impressive silence and the ranks of staring eyes. This was the great Judge Thatcher, brother of their own lawyer, Jeff Thatcher, immediately went forward to be familiar with the great man and be envied by the school. It would have been music ah, to his soul to hear the whisperings. Look at him, Jim. He's going up there. Say, look. He's going to shake hands with him. He is shaking hands with him. By jings, don't you wish you was Jeff? Mr. Walters fell to showing off with all sorts of official bustlings and activities, uh, giving orders, delivering judgments, discharging directions here, there, everywhere that he could find a target. The librarian, quote, showed off, running hither and thither uh, with his arms full of books and making a deal of the splutter and the fuss and insect authority delights. And uh, the young lady teacher showed off, bending sweetly over pupils that were lately being boxed lifting pretty warning fingers at the bad little boys and patting good ones uh, lovingly. The young gentlemen teachers uh, shout off with small scoldings and other little displays of authority and fine attention discipline, and most of the teachers of both sexes found business up at the library by the pulpit, and it was business that frequently had to be done over again two or three times with much seeming vexation. The little girls... Yeah, showed off in various ways. Ah, the little boys showed off with such diligence that the air was thick with paper, wads, and the murmur of scufflings. And above it all, ah, the great man sat and beamed a majestic judicial smile upon all in the house and warmed himself in the sun of his own grandeur, for he was showing off too. There's only one thing wanting to make Mr. Walter's ecstasy complete, uh, and that was the chance to deliver a Bible prize and exhibit a prodigy. Several pupils had a few yellow tickets, but none had enough, and he had been around among the star pupils inquiring. Uh, he would be given worlds now to have that German lad back again with a sound mind. And now at this moment, when the hope was dead, Tom Sawyer came forward and, with nine yellow tickets... Nine red tickets and ten blue ones, and demanded a Bible. Oh, the, this was a thunderbolt out of the clear sky. Walters was not expecting an application from this source of the next ten years, but there was no getting around it. Here were the certified checks, and they were good on their face. Tom was therefore elevated to a place with the judge and the other elect. And the great news was announced from the headquarters. It was the most stunning surprise of the decade, and so profound was the sensation that it lifted uh, the new hero up to the judicial one's altitude. And uh, the school had two marvels to gaze upon in place of one. Uh, the boys were all eaten up with envy, but those that suffered the bitterest pangs were there who perceived too late that they themselves had contributed to this heated splendor by trading tickets of Tom. Yeah, for the wealth he had amassed in selling whitewashing privileges, these despised themselves as being the dupes of a wily fraud, a guileful snake in the grass. The prize was delivered to Tom with as much effusion as the superintendent could pump up under the circumstances, but it lacked somewhat of the true gush 
for the poor fellow's instinct taught him that there was a mystery here that he could not well bear the light, perhaps. It was simply preposterous that this boy had warehoused 2,000 sheaths of scriptural wisdom on his premises. A dozen would strain his capacity without a doubt. Amy Lawrence, I was proud and glad. Ah, and she tried to make Tom uh, see it in her face. Oh, but he wouldn't look. She wondered then uh, that she was just a grain troubled. Next, a dim suspicion came and went, came again, and she watched. A furtive glance told her worlds. And then her heart broke. And she was jealous and angry, and tears came, and, and she hated everybody. Tom, most of all, as she thought, Tom was introduced to the judge. But his tongue was tied, his breath would hardly come, his heart quaked, partly because of the awful greatness of the man, but mainly because he was her parent. He would have liked to fall down and worship him if it were in the dark. The judge put his hand on Tom's head and called him a fine little man and asked him uh, what his name was. Uh, the boy stammered, you know, gasped, and got it out. Uh, uh, Tom. Oh, no, not Tom, is it? Uh, Thomas. Ah, that's it. I thought there was more to it, maybe. Well, very well, but you've another one, I dare say, and you'll tell it to me, won't you? Tell the gentleman your other name, Thomas, said Walters, and say, sir, you mustn't forget your manners. Thomas Sawyer, eh, sir. That's it. That's a good boy, a fine boy. Ah, a fine, manly little fellow. Two, two thousand verses is a great many, very, very great many, and you never can be sorry for the trouble you took to learn them, for knowledge is worth more than anything there is in the world. It's what makes great men, ah, good men, and you'll be a great man and a good man yourself someday, Thomas. And then you'll look back and say, that's ah, all owing to the precious Sunday school privileges of my boyhood. It's all owing to my dear teachers that taught me to learn. It's all owing to the good superintendent who encouraged me and watched over me and gave me a beautiful Bible, a splendid, elegant Bible uh, to keep and save for all my own, always. It's all owing to right bringing up. That is what you will say, Thomas, and you wouldn't take any money for those 2,000 verses. No, indeed, you wouldn't. And now you wouldn't mind telling me, and this lady, some of the things you've learned. No, I don't know you wouldn't, for you are proud little boys that learn. Now, no doubt you know the names of the 12 disciples. Yeah, won't you tell us the names of the first two that were appointed? Yeah, Tom was tugging at a buttonhole and looked sheepish. He blushed now, and his eyes fell. Mr. Walter's heart sank within him. He said to himself, It is not possible that this boy can answer the simplest question. Why did the judge ask him? Yet he felt obligated to speak up and say, Eh, answer the gentleman, Thomas. Eh, don't be afraid. Tom still hung fire. Now I know you'll tell me, said the lady. Eh, the names of the first two disciples were uh, David and Goliath. Let us draw the curtain of charity over the rest of this scene. Well, the storm's really coming in now. It's just getting louder with the thunder. And pretty soon it's going to be a downpour of rain, uh, right around the time that Ben and I are going to record our next episode of The Book Boys, so this will be good. Uh, makes for great entertainment. What do we learn for this chapter? Besides the obvious, 
which is, uh, don't lie, because you're going to get caught. Uh, and how do I tie that in with what I said earlier about visiting a friend of mine? I got nothing. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, I had a good time uh, with a co-worker, and now I'm uh, trying to tie it in with little boys cheating the system to, uh, to get what they want, and then they get caught. Uh, maybe I apply this to my coworker. Uh, has he cheated the system somehow? I just haven't caught him yet. Maybe he has. I have to look into this more. So what we take away from this episode is don't trust anyone because they could be lying to you. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, and I will be back again later this week. <laughs>